Welcome to Shatterproof. I am your host, Todd Callahan. You can follow me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You can download our app by searching the Google Play Store or your app store for Ignite Church VT. And you can connect with us online at IgniteChurchVT.com. This past Sunday, I had the privilege and honor of welcoming singer, songwriter, producer, and former member of the Pussycat Dolls, Kaya Jones. And this is a very special episode of Shatterproof that you do not want to miss. And and Kaya is about to share with you how God picked her up and turned her life around and covered her with his grace and mercy and saved her from the grip of the enemy. So this past Sunday, people were saved and delivered and set free through the power of her testimony. And I know you can experience the same if you are in a place where you need a fresh touch of God upon your life. So I want you to share this episode with people in your life and listen to the power of God working through this choice servant, this vessel that I believe will change and shape this current generation. God is going to use her in an incredible way. So as you listen, get ready for God to stir your spirit. It is an honor to welcome for the very first time here at Ignite Church, a Grammy Award winning singer, producer, songwriter, but more importantly, a daughter of the Most High God. Come on. Would you please welcome, for the first time here at Ignite Church, Ms. Kaya Jones. God bless you. Hello. Glory to God. Right? Glory to God. I heard that in heaven, when we say that, they repeat it. So we got to say it. Amen? I'm so excited to be here with all of you today. This is amazing. Thank you, pastors. Thank you for inviting me here. I love Vermont. Uh, one of, yeah, right? One of my favorite places. And um, I'm excited to share my testimony with all of you. Um, I come from the secular world of music. was part of a very big recording group, the Pussycat Dolls. Some of you may know them. We sold 15 million uh, uh, albums worldwide, 50 million singles worldwide, and um, I'm, I'm alive because God plucked me out. So that's going to be what I share today. My mandate is 1 John 4, 4, which is greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. So that's what I'm going to share today. It's really just sharing my testimony, but it's not as important as your call on your life, okay? God's call for your life is greater than anything I could tell you that I've endured or my story because you are his hands and feet on this earth. God gave dominion to man. A lot of people don't understand what that means. That means you're not waiting for it to fall from the sky. You're it, okay? You're it, uh, my pastor, Pastor Paula White Kane, she always says it, you're it, baby, you're it. So you are it. Uh, you've got to do what he's called you to do and not be scared to do just that. Even though it may not be easy, it may not be simple, we know that God goes before us, around us, behind us, and we should not be scared, especially in these times, right? So we look at the world and the way that it's going you have to shine that light. You have to be Matthew 5.13 to 5.15. You have to stand strong. You've got to show what God is in you. Amen? Amen. 
Okay, so I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before your throne of grace. I thank you for this day. I thank you for every single person in this room, everyone watching online. Glory to God. Glory to God for putting you on this earth for such a time as this. Father God, I ask you to pour out your spirit exponentially. I ask you to... Just fill them with yourself. Fill them with you, Father God. We give you all the praise, all the glory, Father. Whatever their need is, whatever their prayers are, we come in agreement and we ask you to have your way. Have your way. By the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. By the superior blood of Jesus Christ, we seal it. We secure it. It is finished. It is done. Amen? Amen. All right. So I'll start with how, how I got here. And we'll just weave in scripture in and out of that. So, um, my father's a Native American, my mother is Jamaican, and I was supposed to be born in Florida, and they ended up going to Canada to have me. Due to mental illness, my father was removed from the home. It was really sad. Went through church hurt, all of that. But ultimately, when we go through church hurt, God wants to break something in us. It's not about the people in your congregation. I wish that we could just say that's it. It's not. It's about God crushing you, purifying you, and bringing you to a better and greater place in him. Because until you know him, you don't know you. And until you know him, you don't know your call. And so he's put me through a lot of crushing, and it's painful. It's painful. Because there's nobody that you can blame but you right? And things that we've done to ourselves. We make choices every day and cutting happens every day. So they had me. I knew the Lord really early on in, but I was kind of running away from him. I don't know if anyone else can contest to that. We, we run. He's chasing us. He's forever chasing us. And, um, I wanted to be in the music industry. I knew at six years old, I was watching Whitney Houston, on television, 1991, the Super Bowl, and there was Miss Houston singing, and I thought, wow, what a powerful thing to do. You could stand there, but just like Lucifer, I was wanting worship to come to me rather than through me, right? And so that's more or less why my journey now, working for him full-time, is so much greater, because I get to just point to him point to the cross, point to the blood of the lamb. It's not about any of us, but we are his hands and feet, and we have to share the good news. Amen? Amen. So I saw Miss Houston. I knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. I was like, I got to do this. I want to do this. And I started to pray. The power of intercession, the power of prayer. I started praying at the foot of my bed every single night. I was six years old, and that went on for seven years. And one day, he gave me a voice. No one in my family sings, okay? Never had a music lesson, nothing. And um, one day, he gave me a voice. So if there's something in your life that you really want, and there's something that you feel called to do, you're called to sing, you're called to act, you're called to write, pray, pray. You need a miracle, pray. You want to be a mother and you need that baby. Pray. You're in a marriage and it's broken. Pray. Pray. Stand on the word of God. This is his constitution. Amen. 
This is his constitution. The Bible is the greatest weapon you could ever have on this planet. It's not a gun. It's not a knife. It's the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It cuts like no other, and God will send his angels to do whatever it is that you need. Believe that. In fact, he says in scripture that we get to judge the angels. So imagine we get to the other side, and we didn't know this. Like, you didn't activate your angels. You didn't activate God to move in your life. Do it. Don't hesitate. You do it. You call. Call on your angels. Call God to move in your life. Do not hesitate, for he's a mighty God. When we pray, we don't just pray for small things. We pray for big things. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. He does the unthinkable. He put us, you know, he knit us in our mother's womb. He does the unthinkable. So when we think of prayer... You know, when I think about asking to sing, that wasn't really that big of a prayer, but every prayer I've ever had, including wanting to be a little girl in like the Spice Girls, that was what I wanted to do. He did that, right? He brought me into the Pussycat Dolls, but it wasn't right. It wasn't right. And so ultimately, after auditioning to get into this girl group, I auditioned from 2,000 girls to 200 to 40 to 20 to 2. And that was just the beginning phase because there was another audition phase where they took invitation girls only. So women that came from the industry, 3,000 down to 3. So here we were, the top five women auditioning to pick the top three to join the Pussycat Dolls. And we were all really nervous. You know, we were like, well, what is this next process? What is this going to be like? And um, ultimately, they said industry only is going to choose. So we were thinking like agents, lawyers, you know, producers. That's what we were thinking. And I remember when I walked out on stage, and I got out on stage, and I knelt down like this, and it was Bono and Bon Jovi and Gwen Stefani and Eve and 50 Cent and Eminem, and it was people that did what we did. So that was really nerving, right? These were people that were very accomplished to choose the top three women, and ultimately they chose myself, Melody Thornton, and Nicole Scherzinger to join the Pussycat Dolls. And they were already a girl group. So there was a conflict, right, right away. There were women that were there, and then us that were coming in. So we weren't a family. We weren't a happy family. And me and Nicole used to go to church all the time. We would pray together all the time. I pray for my sister in Christ that she comes out. I pray that for her salvation. I pray for all of their salvation. But ultimately, God weighed heavy on my heart because I think he chose me a long time ago. And he probably chose you a long time ago, but you've been fighting him. So... If you've been fighting him, let go. Let go and let God. It's not going to be easy, but the first step is surrender, right? He said to me as you guys were worshiping, freedom is love. Because when God moves in your heart, there, that's freedom. That is the ultimate freedom from the enemy within ourselves. And that's the beginning of salvation. That's the beginning of deliverance, right? And so I was in this girl group very successful, thought that this was it. Uh, Dated very famous people, felt like, oh, that's it, you know, my life's good. 
and I got pregnant, and I was told to get rid of it. Now, I'm going to go back a little ways, because at 16, I had an abortion. Didn't tell my family, didn't think that anyone needed to know. It was my secret. It was just a clump of cells, furthest thing from the truth. I was now a mother of a dead child. A murder took place in my body. This is how serious this conversation is, and unfortunately, in today's world, we make it seem like it's not that big of a deal, but it is, and God's already forgiven you. Okay, so any women or men who may have gone through that, God loves you and he's forgiven you. Now forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Amen. So at the point where I get pregnant again in the Pussycat Dolls, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I mean, I had already had an abortion at 16. Here I was, 19, and I was told to get rid of it. So... You know, there's my successful career, and you know, you don't think about it at the time, but you're sacrificing your child to Satan. That's what you're doing. You're doing it for fame, you're doing it for glory, you're doing it for um, power, money, success, whatever it is that you think it really is about. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. It's putting a, your child on the altar. And the worst mistake of my life. Worst mistake of my life, not a day that I don't think about it. Repented to God so many times. He's forgiven me and literally said, what abortion? But it still happened. And that's why whenever I'm called to speak or talk to anyone, I have to talk about it because I know that it's a very serious subject right now in the world and in our country that we're blanketing this, that it doesn't, that it doesn't matter. It, it does. And I think we would be so much further, not only as a country, but as a world, if those babies were here. They were sent, and we refused them. So now that we have this change in atmosphere where people are talking about it, I think God is going to move mightily, and he's going to send a new wave of children that really will change this earth. They really will. They really will. Amen. Excuse me. So I had the abortion, didn't think it was that big of a deal, had complications right away, was actually losing my child on stage while I was performing on Divas Live. So Divas Live was a very big deal growing up. Some of you may remember it, some of you might not, because, you know, that dates us in age. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, <clears throat> It was to 23,000 people in the arena, going out to 30 million people worldwide. And um, I was losing my child. I was still going through the abortion in real time. And Patti LaBelle is singing on stage, and my girl group is coming up from this riser. And these two little girls were in the front row. And I think about these two little girls. I have no idea where they are. I hope to one day meet them because they did change my life out of the mouth of babes, literally. These two little girls looked at me and the youngest one turns and says, Mom, she's a pussycat doll. She was just so excited. And I just felt so convicted in my spirit that she wanted to be me and what I was doing was so disgusting, and I didn't want her to be what I was. It was an aha moment. It was a coming to Jesus moment, if you will. Um, yeah, you know, this is not 
this is not what I would ever want a young girl to be, and certainly not these two impressionable little girls looking at me the way I looked at the Supremes or the Spice Girls or Destiny's Child. I used to look at women that way, and here they were looking at me, and I was nothing to be proud of. The furthest thing, actually. Even though it looked beautiful, it was a lie, right? And that's why it's so important when we use discernment, when we understand what's going on within an individual. Something can look really great, and it's not really great, right? And I looked really great, but I was broken. I was broken. I was living for myself. I had done horrible things to my body. I was making poor choices. And I just thought, no, there's nothing wrong, you know, until that moment of conviction. And that was the beginning of the clock starting for me where I do believe God really chose me in a, in a way that now I needed to pay attention. And he kept chasing me down, telling me, you gotta leave. You gotta leave. You gotta leave this institution. The record deal was a $13 million record deal, which was unheard of at the time. It was one of the biggest record deals at the time. Uh, publicly, you all think it was probably around three to five million. The actual number was a $13 million record deal. It was a very big deal. And I was gonna walk away from it. So that was hard because I knew we were gonna be tremendously successful. And I was walking away from my friends, my family, my dream, right? But God told me that if I didn't, he actually said, you won't survive. Meaning however he made me. So any of you out there, if he's made you a certain way, it's specific to your call. And amen. And so don't think, oh, I'm too soft or oh, I'm too nice or oh, I'm too mean. He made you that way for a reason. There's a gifting behind it, and mine uh, is, you know, in deliverance. So, of course, I was too sensitive to deal with true evil coming at me that I wasn't prepared to deal with if I didn't have him. If I didn't have God, I wouldn't be here. You can't make it in this world without God. And the times that are coming for the young people that are watching or that are here, um, you have to have God. You have to. I, I can't say this any a cry you can't get through it without him you cannot you will not it's a cold brutal world you will not make it without god you just won't unfortunately and the world is getting worse and they're expecting you to do all kinds of things and the pressures for young people are so real i mean i think about when i was young the things that i was pressured to do and i look at some of the things that they're asking of you and i just think my god have mercy on them, Jesus. Have mercy. Prepare them. Prepare them. So I know the way that he prepared me was to share, just to heed the warning of he's coming. He is coming. We're not waiting for him to judge the world. The judgment has begun. It has begun. This is why you're seeing what we're seeing in the earth already moving. You're seeing plagues moving. You're seeing famines happen. You're seeing evil rearing itself. It's manifesting. We never talked about demon possession. We never had these discussions. It was always so taboo. We can't talk about abortions. It's just that private thing. You go off and you do it. Nobody needs to know. But we're having these discussions because God is expecting deliverance. Every knee will bow. Every knee. 
every knee will bow, every tongue shall confess. And so I, I think a lot of people are waiting like, well, when he comes, and I've had discussions with friends, are we pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you think we are. He's coming, and he's not coming back as the sovereign lamb. So this idea that the sweet Jesus that we saw on the cross, right, where he took it all to the cross, that's not who's coming. Who's coming is a king. Amen. So the judgment is heavy because he's given us the tools, right? He gave us the word of God. And the first five books given to Moses, the Torah, and then the Tanakh, the expansion, the major and minor prophets, right? The holy scriptures, the writings, Psalms, Proverbs. He's given it all to us, and then he gave us his body, his flesh, his blood to really walk through it. Because you can't do it with just the word. You have to do it with the blood of Jesus. You, there's no other way. It, there really isn't. You can have the word, but you've got to have the blood. You've got to have Jesus. And I, I went to Hebrew Bible College. I was so like, oh, I just love the word, which I do. I love the word. But the joy and the love and the spirit of God, as Paul speaks about in Galatians, is the blood of the lamb. It is, it's Jesus. You cannot do it without Jesus. So no matter how much you know your Bible and you can quote scripture, if you don't cry out and pray and he doesn't speak to you and fill you up, that, that's, that's sometimes even greater to understand how to navigate because he holds us to what we know, right? So if we know the word of God and we don't follow it, we can get in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Um, so it's, it's better to actually get the, get the spirit of the Lord before you start really diving in. And if you have any questions about who he is, go to Bible school. Go to Bible school. Get under a great youth leader or pastor. Follow your pastor. Ask him what you can do what you need to do. He was sent here to lead you. His family was sent here to lead you. And so, and God uses people, right? So that's what we know. So do it. Don't, don't think, oh, well, I can wait. Don't wait. Just do it. If you don't believe, study him. I can assure you, it'll make you really believe, <laughs> like on a whole nother level of belief. So, he plucks me out of the dolls. I walk away, but I didn't right away get music for him, and it really hurt. I wanted to sing for him right away, and it didn't work out that way. Everybody kept telling me, oh, you don't want to sing in the Christian world. It's worse. I'm like, what? Yeah. They said, oh, gospel music was worse. It's way worse. You're going to see more devils than that. The devil is a liar, okay? 100%. <laughs> that was the devil lying to me to keep me from my purpose, which was to, to praise Jesus, to praise the Lord. And I just, I thought, okay, well, I'll keep singing secular songs. So they kept sending me really secular music. So it kind of still sounded like the Pussycat Dolls. And I had successful records in Europe and Asia and Africa and India, singing with huge groups like Data Life, known as the EDM Princess, was DJing, opening up for Calvin Harris, who's a huge DJ, was doing all of that. 
and still literally bringing the party on a Sabbath. So on a Friday and Saturday, I'm the girl that brings the party to the nightclub, not glorifying God. Even though I left the pussycat dolls, the enemy was still working hard at keeping me away from honoring Jesus and honoring what God sent me to do. And ultimately, but this is what's interesting, I kept going to church, okay? So any of you guys out there who are still one foot here and one foot there, it's okay. It's a process. It's a process. It's a hard process, but it's a process. So don't beat up on yourself if you're like, you know, you're still, it's a process. He'll get you there, but you've got to let go and trust that he will get you there. I mean, the faster, had I just surrendered and just said, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. But I didn't. I kept going, well, I still have to, I still have to pay the bills. I still, I still, I'm known. I still didn't trust God fully. Even though I knew he was calling me, I still didn't surrender. And, um, you know, finally, I was on the blaze with Tommy Laren. This is just before she went on The View. And, yeah, and it was her last show on The Blaze when she said, I had worn, you know, my Trump shirt. I thought, you know, I'm a conservative. Didn't think that was a big deal because I went and performed for the military during Obama's administration in Iraq. So for me, it was, I love my country. I don't care who's the president. I respect the office. I love my country. Not realizing that we were already in a massive division. And this is the key. God is not divided. So this is a lie, okay? Because 1 Corinthians 1.10 to 113, God says, he is not divided. Do not fall for rival groups, for your Father in heaven is not divided. So why are we, it's, it's crazy that there's this lie. And the lie is, you're, you're a Democrat, you're a liberal, you're a libertarian, you're a Republican. I mean, who, there was a time where it didn't matter. You just love America, right? You just love your country. And there's this lie that's been perpetuated through our country to hate our country, which is scary because you're like, what's happening? So much so, I have friends that are not in America and they're like, what's happening to you guys? What's happening to you guys? We're le- we are leaders in the world. We lead the way. And I hope if anyone can receive anything today other than Jesus Christ, that's it, is Jesus, that you were sent to pave the way for the Lord. You were sent to change the world. You're a world changer. And it is up to you to make sure, you know, we hold the line. We're holding the line. And it's not that you don't love other nations. I've traveled to all other nations. I've performed in other nations. I have fans in China. I have fans in India. I have fans in Africa. I love performing. And God's people are everywhere. But it is our job to not perpetuate hate. Hate is of the devil. Divisions of the devil. Do not fall for rival groups. And so here I was doing the antithesis of like, I love Trump, right? which I do, I still do, okay, I still do, but I also pray for this guy, 
I mean, I, for real, I pray. <sighs> Glory to God. I pray. Because God will even use a donkey. We know this. Okay? <laughs> he will. He will. God will use anybody, anytime, anywhere. So that's why when we have a, you know, a really good friend of mine, she's amazing. She taught me something. She said, listen, in church, a smile and keep your mouth shut. Because the truth is, is that God uses everyone, right? And so when we speak against someone, we're actually coming against what God's choosing to do in that life. He's choosing to do something with that person. And it doesn't make sense to us because we're not God, right? But he's choosing them. And they may surprise you, so pray for them, right? And when God says pray for them for they know not what they do, we pray for everyone. So here I was on Tommy Laren's show, and she said, well, what does it mean to be a conservative? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't thinking about it like, I was a conservative. I was thinking, I love my country. I, you know, I, I voted for Trump. He ran as a conservative, but I didn't think that it was a conservative thing voting for a president or a non-conservative thing. I was always bipartisan, vote for the man. But then I said something on camera and the Holy Spirit fell on me. I said, I pray to Jesus. And I felt this tremendous heat from the top of my head, fall all the way down. Right? Amazing. Amazing. And I literally was like, oh boy. Because <laughs> I'm on camera. What do you do? I'm like, oh. I was kind of scared. And I got a phone call that day, right after that interview from industry executives that told me, you can't walk that back. And I was like, walk what back? I'm thinking the Trump thing. <laughs> no, true. I'm thinking in my head the, the Trump situation. And uh, I said, what, the Trump thing? No, the Jesus thing. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> I literally said, well, I'm not walking it back. Okay? No, no. <laughs> I was like, what? Is this, a, this is a joke. It's not. Our industry is run by Satanists, and I can say it because I worked for them. So that's what it is. I'm sorry to have to be the bearer of that news to say the truth. They're trying to make covenant with your children. They're trying to make covenant with you, you beautiful young girls right here, if that's what they try to do. They're perpetuating to get young, beautiful girls to follow people right to ball, right to Satan. That's what it is. And they're doing it publicly. So the thing that's really interesting is I have people on my page go, oh, Kaya, did you see the Grammys? Did you see the... Yes! It's, it's shocking. Is it? It's not to me. They just didn't do it publicly. They were doing it privately, okay? They were doing it privately. I knew I worked for Satan. I did. We weren't doing public seances, but you know what's up. You know what's up. You'll know them by their fruit. I mean, I had an eating disorder. I was sacrificing my child. I was called and told what to eat, what to say, 
who I was allowed to date, who I'm allowed to say I pray to. That's not freedom. That's control. And like Britney Spears has talked about it, how she felt like she was trafficked. It's not that she was trafficked. It's that we have no say over anything, like nothing in our life. So even when we date someone, it's chosen, okay? Um, and if you choose to not date that person and you date someone else, which I did, um, you know, you're, you're told, well, they're not a team player. So you're like, what does that even mean? Am I part of, like, am I on a, I'm on a team? Like, yes, you are. You're on a team, and the team is not pro-God. So this idea that they're not Satanists, they're Satanists. And I have no problem saying it because I was sent to say it. That's why I was sent. I was sent to tell you that that's what it is. Um, and I was also sent to tell you that greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. Right? That's my mandate. That's, that's my mandate. When this journey started, that was what he told me. And I've just kept saying it. It's, we're going into five, nearly six years now, and I just keep repeating it for everyone to know because that's the times we're living in. We have to get activated. Now, what activates the greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world? The Bible. Congregation, fellowship, worship, right? When we worship the Lord, and I worship him for anything and everything at all times. I was, you know, yesterday, yesterday in the airport, I was telling, I was telling you guys, um, I'm, you know, going through things personally, privately, right? And one day I'll be able to share more, but I'm in the middle of things. And I mean, I'm in the bathroom of the airport, like literally, Lord, I need, I need you right now. Father Jesus, I need you. I need you right now. I didn't care what the other stalls thought. I don't care. I'm sure they thought, what is wrong with that girl? She's in tongues. Yep. Yep you're right that's what's up um no fear because if if you're going through something and you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't know what to do get on your knees pray pray don't be scared don't be scared don't be scared god will literally pluck you out of your situation and i've had situations that are really bad where like i didn't know what to do and i prayed and it was instant like red phone you all have a red phone. I'm not the only one with a red phone. Your leaders are not the only one with a red phone. You all have a red phone. And some of you may use it a bit more so you have that confidence you know you got the red phone. But if you haven't, start using it, okay? You can ask him for anything, anything. And not just like, you know, water the grass because we need rain. I mean, Lord, I need this. Lord, I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. How are we going to pay the bills? Lord, I don't know how to eat. How are we going to afford this? Ask him. Ask him. Ask him for the unthinkable things. If he can create manna, if he can create literally the water, if he can recede the water, if he can move mountains, whatever he can do that you can see, that you know, he created the birds, the fields, everything. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him for the unthinkable. Ask him for the miracle. 
I have a cousin who's in a wheelchair and I pray he will walk again. Not that, oh, well, maybe, Lord. No, Lord, you said, ask and I shall receive. You said, Father God, and you stand on the word of God and you get one person to agree. Just one, just one. But you need faith the size of a mustard seed because God says in scripture, we just need faith the size of a mustard seed. This is what's so interesting about mustard seeds. Those of you who may not know, but I think I have a lot of uh, botanists in here because of where we live, right? Where you all live is a lot of greenery. The mustard seed is the smallest seed in all the seedlings that grows the biggest tree. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So you have a forest inside of you you do every time you pray you're casting a seed every time you speak over someone you're you're this is a seed i'm putting a seed i'm planting a seed i've got a seed 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 that's all we're here to do is plant and hope that it just starts to rise but i believe it will it will because we we believe it right we believe for it and whatever your prayers are you have a whole forest inside of you so start planting don't be scared. Ask him. Ask him for the unthinkable things. The worst is he says no, or it's not time. That's the worst. Sometimes it's just not time, or it's not God's will, right? It's not his will. If it's not his will, that hurts, because sometimes you're just like, oh, why? I wanted this. But usually it means he has something greater, and you just can't see it. You can't see it. You know, you can't see it. If I think about it, the amount of women that contact me or men that contact me and have kept their baby, it's astounding. I get pictures from fans with their children who messaged me and said, I'm pregnant and I'm thinking about having an abortion. And I didn't tell them, do it or not do it. This is what I said, because free will right? I said, I don't know a parent who would ever say they regret their child. Never met one. I've met parents that say, oh, they're hard. Oh, they drive me up the wall. You know, but I've never heard a parent say, I regret my child. Never, never. As someone who didn't have my child, I regret it. So I said to her, just that. I've never met a person who's regretted their child, but as someone who hasn't, I so regret it. She ended up keeping the baby, and she sends me pictures all the time, but there are many that do, and I think, wow, did you utilize my wickedness to save someone? If you did, keep using me, Father. If you did, keep using me, because... <laughs> Amen. It's, it's astounding just how many babies have been aborted in this country. And it's not a political issue. It's not. I know people might be deeming it, you know, oh, it's freedom, it's this, it's that. Listen, it's not. It's really, really not. It's painful, and the PTSD is real. It's painful as a woman when you get, I'm 38, I still don't have a baby yet. But God already told me I have babies coming. So I'm okay. 
But keep praying for me for sure. But, but I'm telling you, it's hard. It's hard. So to hear women be like, oh, it's freedom, it's empowering, it's all these things. And I'm thinking, when you get to 38, 40 years old and you don't have a baby, you're going to really, really wish you didn't listen to culture because culture shifts. And when the culture shifts, where are you? Where are you? Where, where is your joy, is your happiness, is your, is your family? Your family is so important. It's more important than anything you could ever buy, you could ever try to obtain. And God is, I believe, showing that more and more and more as he pours himself out on this earth. He's showing people just how important family is. And then we have our church family, right? But we can't do life alone. The enemy wants to get us alone. He wants to get us weary, depressed, can't do it. I have no one. But you got someone. And even if you have no one, find a congregation. There are a lot of people that will love on you. For sure. For sure. For sure. The amount of people I've met, incredible people in churches, is astounding. I'm so elated. I'm like, Lord, thank you. Thank you for plucking me. And so... I was told by industry, can't walk that back. Then I was like, well, Lord, what am I going to do? And I went from having like big bookings to I couldn't get a job. Could not get a job. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, canceled. Canceled. Big time. Uh Uh-huh. And and I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, how how am I going to make rent? How am I going to do this, Lord? And I prayed. I said, well, Lord, if... If it is your will for me to work as a musician anymore, you know, if, if, if that was it, that was it. But if it is your will, you're going to have to send them. Because I don't know anyone in the Christian world like that. And they won't work with me anymore, the people that I do know. So that's why I say pray. Because the, the, the key in all of this has been prayer. And I just said send them. And he did. Two weeks later, he sends a producer to contact me that says, I have a song. I said, really? He said, yeah, it's this guy. He wrote this song. He wants you to maybe rework it, rewrite it. You know, I was like, okay. I listened to it. It's called What the Heart Don't Know. And I was like so excited. I was like, wow, okay. Went in. I recorded it. It went to number three on the chart behind Taylor Swift and Pink. And I had no record company other than my own, an independent company. I had, I had no money. Praise God, right? <laughs> what? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Went to number three, and those women had albums. So I was like, stick, I was stuck at number three with a single, and I was thinking, wow, glory to God. You're no joke. And then he he made me feel kind of convicted because there was a hurricane going on in Houston. And I felt convicted in my spirit because I kept asking people, like, continue to support my single. And he said, you got to (laughs) stop. So, yeah, yeah, one of those. You got to stop. Okay. And I then asked everyone to donate to Houston. Like, what they would have spent on my song, could you donate it to Houston? And within five days, we raised $3 million. Right? Amazing what God does. Amazing. 
You just have to listen to him, even if it's a, and, and that's the thing, the Holy Spirit sometimes really doesn't yell at you. I know you want to think he's going to, but he doesn't. It's a still voice. It's that quiet voice. And you know it's not you, right? Because he does talk biblical. I don't know, I don't know if any of you have had that, <laughs> where it's like, have I not made good on my promises? <laughs> what? Like, I don't even talk like, no, what? You know, but you know it's the Lord. And you're like, wait, you really have. You know, or when he says, get out of his way, get out of his way. Don't fight him. You'll end up like Jacob. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> your, your hip will get thrown out. Don't do that. <sighs> yeah, not good. Not good. Um, so... Right after that, I was like, well, Lord, okay, so you brought me a song. Now I have this opportunity. Now I'm giving my money to charity. And then he brought Jay DeMarcus from the Rascal Flats. Out of nowhere, he contacts me and says, hey, I'm working with Jason Crabb from the Crabb family. I didn't know who they were. I looked them up. They're this incredible ministry family, and I'm like, Wow. He said, Jason would like to do the song with you. And my manager at the time was like, no. And I was like, but it's for Jesus. And they're like, no. And I'm like, but, but you love Jesus. This is a Jesus manager. <laughs> a manager that says he loves Jesus. He's no longer my manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had to go. He had to go. Um, yeah, I got another manager. He's better. Um, but they didn't want me to do it. And I did it. And I waited. And I didn't know what happened to it. In fact, I was kind of like, I wonder what happened to that song. You know, didn't really know. And then Jason called me and said, we're nominated for a Grammy. What? What? Glory to God. Like, do you mean the Grammys that are doing all that crazy stuff? Yeah. Because there's still good people in the world. And there's still good people in the industry. So if you want to be in the music industry, don't leave it. Change it. Change it. Change it. If you want to be in movies, change it. You be the light. You be the salt of the earth. You do it. And when I went to Hebrew Bible school, so this is something really interesting. I just a bit of information for those of you who may not know. So back in Jesus' time, they used salt for all kinds of things. Now, I know we know salt for preparation of food and a lot of that. But back then, they used Dead Sea salt from the Dead Sea on, uh, you know, they'd relieve their bowels in the backyard. And they would put salt over their poop, okay? Don't want to be graphic, but <laughs> sorry. They did. They would put salt over their poop. So when you think about it, Jesus wasn't saying be the salt, meaning go and hide. He was saying you're going to come in contact with filth, direct contact. But by being, you're going to change it. You're going to change it. You're going to disinfect the bad, and you're going to fertilize the good, right? 
That's what he was talking about. So when we think about it, we're looking with these Western eyes, thinking like table food and flavoring. No, he's talking about molecularly changing filth. And not by doing anything, but by being. So you can walk into a room and you shift the atmosphere. Why? Because your angels go before you. Why? Because Jesus is inside of you, right? You walk into anywhere. If he sends you somewhere and you're like, why am I here? He sent you. He sent you. If you're in an office building and you're the only Christian, stay there. It's your job to shift them. And trust me, they like to manifest. So demons will try to get you out. That's their job. They don't want you around. So just buckle in. If you're the only Christian in your high school, shine bright, baby. Bright, super bright. If you're the only one, shine bright and keep talking about Jesus. No shame, because you know what? They will remember you. There will be one person that goes, she taught me about Jesus. Don't worry, they will get to Jesus one day and they will remember you. They will remember that you were that girl or you were that guy. So keep doing it. Even though it doesn't feel like you're moving, you're moving because God has sent you to do it. He gave dominion to man, meaning you're it, right? So there, there we are with this Grammy nomination, and I'm just thinking like, wow, well, we're not going to win. I mean, you know, now I'm the, I'm the Trump supporter, you know, like... That was how I was deemed. I was dreamed as the, she's the Trump supporter. So I didn't really know. I felt like they're not gonna wanna give us a Grammy, even though we were singing for the Lord and it was a great album, but they did. We ended up winning a Grammy and we won it for Jesus. How amazing, amazing. And this what's so interesting is the Pussycat Dolls, we sold 50 million Singles worldwide, 15 million albums worldwide. We never won a Grammy. Greatest accomplishment of my life was winning the Dove and the Grammy for him. Greatest accomplishment. Greatest accomplishment. Because it's for him. It's for him. It's for his glory, his, his kingdom, not me. And, and I had to learn as becoming a, a worship leader and all of those things that, it, again, it's not about this coming to me but allowing him through, right? And so it's greater is he that is within you. And you've got to shine and you've got to shift that atmosphere, but, but he's doing it. So, you know, you don't really need to worry about like all the things you got to do, got to be, and I got to say, just know God has made you this way and you're, you're different for a reason. That's okay. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. You are a world changer. So I'm then asked to work on the Trump campaign. Oh, yes. And what an honor, right? I mean, I'm 35 years old at the time, and I'm working for a president's campaign. Wow. I, I finished high school with tutors. I didn't even have a dance or anything like that. I was in the music industry so young. I never got to go to college. I never did any of that. You know, so here's this girl, like, my last day in school, I was 14. And I'm in rooms with people that are, like, exceptionally bright, 
wow. And there enters my pastor, <laughs> Pastor Paula White King. What? Now, now I'm, well, what, is, what are you doing, God? What is happening here? And God was, again, putting me in a position to talk about Jesus during a pandemic, to talk about Jesus, to talk about Jesus, to talk about Jesus, even though I didn't really understand all the variables. I just knew I had to talk about Jesus. I got to tell people about Jesus. That, that's all I can do. That's like, tell people about Jesus. And as we lost... <laughs> As we lost the election, I have my thoughts on that too. I'm going to refrain. I'm going to refrain. I had a dream, and it was a really, really scary dream. It was the first of many dreams that God has given me, because now he speaks to me in my dreams. And if he doesn't speak to you in your dreams yet, God, I, I pray that everyone gets to experience you in their dreams. Because when he talks to us in our dreams, there, he reveals so much, so much. Don't be scared. You will see things because Jesus is with you. But he showed me in this dream, and it was the day after the election, if I ran to the right, there was war. And when I tried to go to my left, there was civil unrest very much what the world was going through, and I didn't know what to do. So again, what I always do, I get on my knees. That's my go-to. Get on my knees, and I prayed, and I prayed. I got on my knees, and I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. God, tell me what to do. What, to do. what do I do? And he literally said, you do nothing. The enemy is within. And I woke up, and I was like, what? That was, like, really scary. And then it hit me that this is not political, wait this is like and I remember being like telling my fans and my mom I was like so convicted I did a live right then I jumped on my social media and we got to tell everyone about this dream and I immediately told them you got to pray for everyone because I believe what God was trying to tell me was that if they don't know him they're useless it doesn't matter if you think it's one side or another side black versus white, Mexican versus Chinese, it's n no. It is good versus evil, Jesus versus the devil. That is what it is. That is what it is. And it's frightening because when he was saying you do nothing, the enemy was within is because you got to let him do it. You ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it, but he can do it. Right? So when we submit to him, he can do it. So we submit to him. And then I was asked to come and, and study at a Hebrew Bible college on a highway. It was something out of a movie. I was like, wait, I'm accustomed to like Hollywood and New York City, and here I am in a Hebrew Bible college in Claremont. Like in the middle of nowhere. You know, with a rabbi and a Torah scroll. I mean, what? And then going to a potato patch in a popka to worship Jesus. <laughs> like, nothing exciting, but Jesus was there. So it was exciting, okay? <laughs> it was exciting because he was there. And, he, and I just became obsessed with him. I became obsessed with the Sabbath. And then people in the industry started contacting me, like really famous people. And they were like, you keep the Sabbath? And I was like, yes, girl, I do. And they were like, 
why? And I was like, because Jesus said so. <laughs> because, I mean, every day is the Sabbath, right? Every day we worship our Lord and Savior. But he did do things a certain way. And so I want to honor him, right? I love him so much. I want to honor him. So I, I want to learn the prayers in Hebrew. I want to do these things. I want to. Not because that we have to. He already did it all. But I want him to see how much I love him. I love him so much. I wouldn't be here without him. I would be dead. I would be dead for sure. So now in this point of like, he's finally releasing me to share my testimony. It, I just feel so blessed. I feel so honored because it's like, wow, God, thank you. Thank you for using me. But I don't think he uses us. I feel like the devil uses us. God utilizes you. There's a difference. There is a difference. He utilizes you. He, he puts you in these really intricate things and situations that don't make sense, but you become activated. And the devil just uses you. He just uses you. And the worst part is he gives you the change to tie yourself up. So it's not like, oh, like he surrounds you and then kills you. It's like he gives you one decision after the next decision after the next decision, and before you know it, you have completely embondaged yourself to him. It's diabolical to the core. Oh, it's horrible. But the good news is, is that every day you get another chance, right? Every day. Every day you're going to sin. You're going to say something. You're going to do something. We're all guilty, <laughs> and he's going to help you. So every day I recommit my life to Jesus. Every day. Not because I, he doesn't know that I love him and I've committed to him and I've been baptized and all. No, just because you never know. You don't. So I'm like constantly recommitting myself to him every single day. And I don't think it's strange. I think it's part of the crushing. And if I want to be a diamond in Jesus, like where he can use me, he's going to cut me. So every day there's something else. Got to go. You know, I was a smoker. I was a drinker. I was a drug addict. I slept around because I thought that was my power. I'm now completely celibate. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's 100% Jesus. I was on prescription pills. They had me on... They had me on Adderall for years. Oh, you have ADHD, you have this, you have this, you have this. And then Jesus said, no more. And I was like, oh. I know. <laughs> Amen now, but at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this could go bad. But it didn't. I didn't even feel anything. And I remember I asked him, I said, why? And he said, I'm preparing your body for baby. And I said, but I don't have a husband. And he said, let me worry about that. Okay. So whatever you're walking in or going through, I say to you, he's got it. He's got it. You're his hands and feet. So what does he expect us to do when he gives us something? Praise him, right? Glorify him right? So I don't know where any of you are, any of you guys online watching. I don't know where you are in your walk or your commitment to the Lord, but I say to you, ask him into your heart. 
ask him. Ask him to change you. Ask him to radically change you. Ask him to move in your life. Ask him to do the unthinkable things. Don't be afraid to ask him for the unthinkable things. Because if you think about it, everyone in the Bible, what does the Bible really teach us? To ask for the unthinkable things. When you think about Daniel in the lion's den, when you think about, you know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? Like the fire from heaven, call the fire from heaven down on your life. Why not? You need it, you need change, call it down. Call God into your heart, into your mind. Say, Father, have your way with me. And he will. So be prepared for that too. <laughs> be prepared for that too. Because sometimes people are like, well, I asked, I said to your leaders last night, and I want to thank you guys, by the way. Thank you for inviting me here. Thank you for having me. Can we just give it up for them? Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. Yeah, please. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. Thank you for taking the time to spend time with me. And we were talking about it last night because I wasn't, I, the, the enemy was like attack, it has been attacking my health. Did not want me to speak, definitely did not want me here. I was like coughing and coughing and coughing. And then I put the hyssop on me, we were talking about that, I get back to the hotel. And I was like, Father, have your way with me. The next thing I know, it was like full deliverance in my bathroom. I was like coughing everything up and out. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Let him, let him transform your life. Let him change you. Let him do it. It's okay. And there's no shame in it. Anyone that wants to bring shame onto your testimony or your walk, don't, just don't. Just, the, the devil's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. His goal is to keep you off course because it's already done. And so the authority you carry as Christians, the authority that we carry as believers is Jesus. Jesus is already did it all, done it all. There's nothing you can do to shift it. All you really have to do is just be obedient. Even more than sacrifice is obedience, right? So we can give and give and give and give and give in tithing that he wants us. He says it. However, obedience is what brings the blessing. So when we say, have your way with me, Father, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay down this drug. I'm going to lay down this desire. I'm going to lay down my sexual desires. I'm going to lay down whatever it is. He will bless you exponentially for it. So don't be afraid to lay it down and to ask him. So just ask him. So Father, I just, I just ask you to have your way with this congregation. I ask you to have your way with your children that are watching right now, Father. I ask you to pour yourself out. I ask you to change their lives the way you changed mine. I ask for every girl that went through an abortion, that they're watching or they're here, for every man that paid for one father, I ask you to have your way in their heart. Show them that you've forgiven them. Show them, show them that you've already paid the price at Cavalry. Show them that they are forgiven and that they are new in you and that you have their babies, that they will meet them again one day and they will get to be good mothers and fathers on this earth, that it's okay Show them, Father, that you can transform a life and show them that we're really all just not worthy, but by your stripes, by you, we are healed, by the blood of the Lamb. Father, God, I ask you to pour yourself out exponentially and give, you, give us the peace, Father. 
Give us the peace. You are the prince of peace. You are the alpha and the omega. You are the beginning and the end. You're El Shaddai, conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. Show us what you can do for us. Show us what you can do through us, Father. Appoint us and anoint us. Give us direction where we don't understand what to do. Give us understanding where we've missed the mark. Help us make the mark correct. Help us be better to one another. Help us to be better children. Help us to be better spouses. Help us to be better friends. Help us to be better siblings. Father, help us to be better in this society. Help us to show your love and light wherever we go. Let us be able to just shine. Father, pour out your holy heavenly way upon us that it would change the world, that today would be the beginning of a new walk. And whatever you're going through, lift up your hands and just say, I give it all to you. Forgive me. Forgive me for what I know, not what I've done. Forgive me and transform my heart. Forgive me and transform my mind. Father, I ask you to have your way with your children, that they surrender right now. Wherever they are, wherever you are, where you're watching, God loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Jesus. He loves you so much. And you were worth it. He was thinking of you on that cross. You were worth it. He had you on his mind the whole time. And for people who don't think that Jesus was the Messiah, only the Messiah would be hung on a cross and say, Psalm 22, 1, he was quoting, Father, why have you forsaken me? Open up your Bible and read Psalm 22, 1. He was teaching till his last breath. Jesus. Only the Messiah would come to teach us until the last breath. There's no question he's the Messiah. No question for anyone who doubts. And Jew and Gentile will be judged just the same. First the Jew, then the Gentile. Don't miss it. Don't miss the mark. God, have your way with your children that we don't miss it. Have your way with us that we don't miss you. That you do take us to heaven, Father. That we get to heaven. I hope that I get to see some of the people I've met today and on this journey in heaven. I hope I make it. But if I didn't, because I did something I didn't know, Father, I feel great and gracious love that I got to just talk about you. No matter what, have your way. Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise. We say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the food that we have for the pillow under our head. Thank you for the family that you've given us. Thank you for the life that you've given us, Father. Thank you for everything, for everything we've seen and for even the things we don't see. Father, thank you. We just thank you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. By the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, amen. Glory to God. Thank you all so much for having me. I feel so grateful and honored. Amen.
What an incredible moment. What an incredible day. What an incredible opportunity uh, for God to showcase his power and his anointing upon somebody's life. If you want to see the rest of that message, you can go to ignitechurchvt.com and you can watch uh, uh, as, as the rest of that service played out. But if you are in a place in your journey today where you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to help you. I want you to email us at office at ignitechurchvt.com or call us at 802 862 2108. We want to be a blessing to you. We want to help you on this new journey of faith. We want to mail a Bible to you and uh, some other information to help you begin this journey of faith. You don't need to run this thing alone. Uh, when you say yes to Jesus, you are brought into a family, the family of God. No matter what your skin color is, no matter what your background is, no matter what your history is, we are all part of the same family. So we will be praying for all of you. We thank you for listening to this very special episode of Shatterproof. Now go change the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.